Are you ready to retire like 100% confident you're ready to retire? If not, then listen in because we are going to go through five questions you need to answer before you retire. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and today we're talking about the five questions you need to answer before you retire. We're joined again by our producer, Patrice Sikora. Now, Patrice, you're just telling me that you are quite excited about this topic. <laughs> Face it, Jeremy, who would not be excited about talking about retirement? You get a chance to dream, to think about what you really want to do with your life, perhaps. But I got a question for you. What do people tell you when you ask them this question? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, sometimes the questions I get are, in our opinion, uh, close to the questions that we think you ought to be asking. So the, the usual question we get is, when can I retire? Right. And the answer we usually give back is our first question. Well, when do you want to retire? That's really the, the first thing you ought to be looking at is, uh, when do I want to retire? You can deal with the you know, money stuff and financials kind of after that. But that's really the first question is, when do I want to retire. It's it's about, uh, it's your life. It's about you. It's about what you want to do with your life. And of course, part of when do I want to retire is, do I actually retire? Do I yes. just quit cold turkey, right? We had a, a guest on Steve Lopez uh, a few episodes ago, a journalist from the LA Times, and he was trying to decide himself, when did he want to retire and how does he go about retiring? So he wrote a book and we've got a link to that uh, book and to the podcast we did with him. We'll have that in our show notes, but that's a, uh, that's a good question to start with is when do you actually want to retire? And of course, part of that has to do with, you know, your own personal work situation. Uh, but think too about all the different family goals situations. Um, there, there might be things that are encouraging you to retire or maybe encouraging you to keep working. Like is your company contract changing? I've talked to people, especially that have a union uh, contract, mm -hmm. and they say, well, the, the contract's changing. If I retire next year, I'll get a, a worse deal. Or even, not even union, I see uh, big corporations. I've got a few of the Milwaukee area, uh, AT&T and Northwestern Mutual, I'm thinking of specifically, just in the last couple of years. It was a matter of, if I retire before December 31, then... The health situation, the healthcare situation is one thing. If I retire afterwards, it's a, a different thing. So it's uh, it's very interesting where even though I start out saying, you got to think about when do I want to retire? There's still all these outside pressures a lot of times. Uh, your contract changes, the health insurance changes. Uh, it might be that you want to pay for your kids uh, high school, college education, and you kind of need to retire if that's your, your goal. Or sometimes you retire early because you're taking care of your parents, right? You're 60 years old or so, mom's 85 and needs a little help. And you're thinking, well, I want to uh, help her out. And of course, retiring is a way to free up some time to do that. So it's not just want, it's it's should, it's uh, could, it's yeah. maybe have to. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different, I guess, uh, would that be a verb in there? <laughs> Maybe, <I don't> know. <laughs> well, our high school English teachers uh, tell me about that. But I think uh, really, uh, and a lot of times people too have this 
external dates around pensions and social security. Yeah. I go my pensions at 65 or social security can take at 62. And so they, they kind of put those two together. Like the day I retire is the day I take my pension mm -hmm. and social security. So it's almost as if they retire and they force themselves to take these financial instruments, whether it's a good idea or not, or they want to take those financial instruments. And then so, well, I got to retire to do that. So they go ahead and retire. And we really think you ought to just separate that thought and decision uh, of when do you retire and when do you take your pension and social security? Those are really two different decisions. Uh, you really ought to retire when you want to and can't afford to, but take your pension and social security when it actually gives you the most money. That's the best way to go. That's a very, very good point. How many people know that if you don't take social security at 67, if you postpone it, you get more? Yeah, and hopefully uh, all the listeners to our podcast are figuring that one out, mm -hmm. but um, that's exactly it. It's 62 to 70 every month in between is a different dollar amount. And really you ought to file for social security, file for your pension based on what it gives you the most. And it's not necessarily the day you retire, but uh, I, I like how you pointed that out, that there's a lot of different um, words that can fit in there. When can I, when should I? But really we like you uh, to start if you can with when do I want to retire? That's that's really the, the key point. So think of when do you want to retire as the first question with retirement. And the second question is what will I do in retirement? That uh, is a huge question. Yeah, and sometimes people are just wanting to retire and get out of uh, the working world. When someone walks in my office and says, when can I retire? And I say, well, when do you want to retire? The answer, the number one answer I usually get is yesterday. <laughs> they're they're wanting to retire because they just don't like what's going on currently, or they just can't think of a, a, a different way that it could be without retirement. Uh, but really think through what life looks like if you were to retire. I, I'm thinking of someone in particular right now, uh, he's driving himself crazy because he just wanted to retire, kind of get out of the working world, but now he has all the time in the world and he's not used to that. And of course, what does he do? He looks at CNBC all day and watches his money go up and down every millisecond of the day. And so uh, it's a bit of uh, having some extra time in his hands. And of course, right now, because retiring has a lot to do with your money, he's overly focused on things he can't control, like the ticker symbols that are just going by on, <laughs> on TV. But I came across this great talk. It's a TED Talk by Dr. Riley Moynes. And he talked about the four phases of retirement. And I think being aware of those four phases might help you look through and maybe plan for what you will do in retirement. Because if you walk around and ask any 55-year-old, what are you going to do in retirement? They're probably only talking about stage one, which is the vacation phase. You wake up when you want, you do what you want. There's no routine. It's perfect. Uh, it's great. You love it. You're on vacation. Uh, he said it lasts about a year. I was listening to another podcast and the lady who wrote the book said that lasts about six months before boredom sets in. I'd go with the six months. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, I guess we'll, uh, we could do an informal poll, but um, yeah, we've got, uh, well, he's a doctor. Like he's got like a PhD, I think. So maybe well, the, the year is maybe um, stretching it, but yeah, six months to a year, you'll get bored. You'll miss your routine uh, and you'll start thinking, is that all there is? And then he says, stage two is you feel loss and you feel lost, right? You you lose your routine. Uh, a lot of times there's a uh, divorce that maybe happens, but the lost part is you're experiencing uh, a lot of depression, fear, anxiety, because 
everything that you thought retirement would be maybe is no longer that. And so hopefully uh, you can get through phase two as quickly as possible, get to phase three, uh, which he calls trial and error, which you're just trying to figure out what to do next. And that's maybe an encouragement uh, to go ahead, to take all the vacations you want, but just understand it's going to only last the first year or the first six months and maybe have that plan ahead of time for what you'll do in retirement of, okay, now I'll go try some things out. I'll try volunteering at school or I'll try pickleball. I'll try all the different things and then hopefully get to stage four. And he said that the the happiest people are in stage four. Uh, he calls it reinvent and repurpose. They've got a plan. They've got a purpose. And almost always that purpose involves helping others, right? You might be more involved with church, your school, your family. The It doesn't really matter what it is. What matters is it's your choice and it's your passion. So think, thinking through this, and I'm thinking, okay, how do you answer this ahead of time? Because it might take you years. You might never even get to that stage four. How do you answer this ahead of time? And I'm thinking of a lot of times in like high school or college when they're trying to teach uh, kids, <laughs> you're a kid then when you're you're 18, you don't think you're a kid, but you're still a kid. But they say, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, and the, the question they'll ask a 18, 20 year old is, well, what would you do even if you weren't paid for it? Right? And that's maybe whatever that is, well, that's got to be your passion. So go out and find a way to get paid for it, right? They find a way to make that happen for, for your life. Well, when you're 60, ask the same thing. What would you do even if you weren't getting paid for it, especially because you're about to retire? You probably won't get paid for it, right? So that's mm -hmm. that's maybe a good question to, to ask of when, I, when I'm trying to figure out what I will do in retirement, what would you do even if you weren't paid for it? And that's that's going to get you on the right track. That's a great thought. And the problem too, well, not a problem, well, an issue, let's say when you retire, very often, whatever you've been doing has helped identify who you are, your career, and it's gone. You have to find yourself again. So finding something that you would do, even if you weren't getting paid, helps give you some identity. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've been thinking about that identity a bit, a lot, especially because you interviewed me a few uh, podcasts ago about my 20-year anniversary as being right. a financial advisor. And that is my identity. I'm a financial advisor. I help people make great retirement choices. Uh, okay, what else do you do? Okay, well, I've got yeah, family, uh, but you know the kids grow up, right? right? So I'm trying to think of uh, ways to get more involved in something that's not 100% work-related. So far, I've settled on uh, playing guitar. I got my guitar about two <laughs> feet away from me. I'm signed up now. I've got my first uh, guitar lessons uh, this afternoon. So we'll see, Whoa. see how that goes. Yeah. I'm trying to create a bit of identity here, even though I'm maybe 20 plus years away. From and retirement. I expect to hear some progress. I want to hear the beginning and we'll have a little, little less before and after. Okay. Yes, we'll, I like we'll that. figure that one out. <laughs> Good. Before you know it, it'll be pickleball for you. That's right. Well, I played pickleball uh, on vacation. So here's the vacation part of retirement. I was on vacation. They had pickleball uh, every day and I thought I'd go check it out. And I, I, uh, I loved it. Uh, although one, one, one reason maybe I, I loved it is, uh, a, a lot of the people were saying, wow, you are really good at athletic. And I was thinking, okay, I'm 42 and you're 82. And so, <laughs> and so, I mean, I was amazed at how good and athletic they were, but, uh, I, it was interesting. I just had a different, uh, I guess a different circumstance coming in, but it, it made me feel really good. And it's, and I loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. But, well, let's uh, get to question number three. And we've kind of skipped financial questions, right? It's when do you want to retire is number mm -hmm. one. What will I do in retirement? 
number two. Uh, but number three is how will I get health insurance in retirement? Well, of course, uh, everybody knows that, Jeremy. Well, well everyone's concerned care. about it. Yeah, and but it's I, I Medicare, think right? Uh-huh. Well, that's what's interesting is a lot of people keep working just for the health insurance. Right. And I believe a lot of people don't just realize the options that are out there. And of course, the main options are Affordable Care Act if you're below 65 and Medicare once you do hit 65. So, so many people are working until 65 just for the Medicare, uh, just waiting until they get to Medicare. But yeah. do they really know what they're getting? Yeah, we've got a whole page about Medicare. So we'll link to that in the uh, the show notes. I'm going to make a note. We'll get get a link to that in the show notes, the, the Medicare page, because that's that's right on. Your Medicare is going to be completely different. You're, you're used to a certain way of how your health insurance works, and yet it's going to change when you turn 65. Uh, but there's another term out there called COBRA. Uh, COBRA, when you work for an employer that has, I believe it's over 20 employees, uh, gives you the chance to continue on your current health insurance for 18 months. So if you're only working because you want the health insurance until 65, well, you can get that same health insurance 18 months early, right? If I, I've run into people where they're just hate their jobs, but they love the fact they get health insurance and they're just grinding it out until 65. Well, maybe you could change your date, make it 63 and a half and understand that you could take that Cobra uh, insurance, the same insurance you're on now. It's just, you're paying the full boat for it. You're paying the full thing, yeah. not uh, having your health, uh, your, your company, uh, help pay for it. But the Affordable Care Act's interesting. It's very scary, very political until you're on it. And I haven't heard anyone complain about it. We've got <laughs> so many clients that retire at 60, 62, whatever it is, and they end up with the Affordable Care Act for one or really? two or three years. And it's not as bad as they thought it was. It's not as scary as they thought it was. And it's really interesting how a lot of times you think you, you want to keep working because it's your company that subsidizes your health mm -hmm. insurance. Well, if you have the right level of income or plan for it ahead of time, which we like to do, right? Let's help you plan for it ahead of time. You can set up your income so that now you're getting your health insurance through the Affordable Care Act, but it's the government subsidizing your health insurance. You're kind of just swapping out the health insurance being subsidized from the company uh, to the government. And it's funny too, because even just thinking politically, a lot of people say, no, I, I don't want to want to do that. Well, what do you think Medicare is? Medicare is subsidized health insurance from the government. Yes, paid by your taxes, but that that's so the Affordable Care Act. I, I don't see personally a uh, political or philosophical difference between Affordable Care Act and Medicare. You paid your taxes. It's a government subsidized health insurance, whether it's Medicare or Affordable Care Act. So I wouldn't uh, necessarily keep that thought hundred percent that I have to keep working until 65 to get the health insurance from my company because there's some options. At the minimum, there's maybe an 18 month early out option by taking COBRA for 18 months and explore the Affordable Care Act and especially how you can adjust your income to make sure that you're paying less than you, you maybe thought you would, right? But that's number three. That's a big concern. A lot of people yes, have that concern. I just think they often express it without exploring it. And that's my encouragement is go out and instead of say like, well, how will I get health insurance? Well, how will I get health insurance? Go ahead and explore it and you'd be surprised and go ahead and, and, and go for it. It's Jeremy Kyle here. And I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. 
head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show. Excellent. So what's next? Question number four is one that I don't hear anybody asking, and I think is the number one question of course, I put it in number four. I'm going in a particular <laughs> order, but it's probably the most important question that you can ask yourself financially. And that question is when you're hitting retirement is how long am I going to live? Now, of course, who knows? Who knows, right? You don't have any idea except you have a lot of probabilities, right? There's something called life expectancy. Actually, a lot of people do have an idea and their ideas are usually uh, 78, because that's what it says in the newspaper, or <laughs> some other number, because that's exactly when their dad died right. or mom died or uncles or grandparents. You know, I hear all the time, all the, the men in my family die at 75. Okay, well, tell me about the men in your family. Okay, well, grandpa, okay, well, hold on. Grandpa's 50 years older than you. You've got 50 years of medical advances on grandpa. Okay, well, my uncle. Okay, your uncle fought in Korea and you told me that he had medical issues because of that. You haven't fought in a war. You haven't smoked all the cigarettes mm -hmm. that a lot of people did 20 to 50 years older than you. And so a lot of times there's a thought of how long am I going to live and you're making decisions based on how long you think you're going to live. But those thoughts don't always match up with reality. So that's our encouragement. I, if it's not... Uh, every episode, it's pretty close to it that we say, go to longevityillustrator.org and get an idea of what your life expectancy is, but also understand what does that number mean? That number means that half the people die before, half the people die after. And you've got to think of the probabilities, like what are the odds that you might live to a certain age? And what are the consequences that you live to a certain age, right? If you happen to die early, well, then perhaps there's people who are relying on your income that don't get that income anymore. If you happen to live a long time, well, then your investments had to live and last longer with you. So it's not just here's the number and I have to plan exactly 14.5 years. It's here's the true number, right? Look up the true number for yourself, uh, not uh, maybe what's uh, some some thoughts were, but go and find some statistics that really help you out. Find the math that's out there for you. But think of the consequences before and after. And also just too, if it's not just how long might I live, it's also how long might my spouse live? I talked to the guys, especially, they all think they're dying next week. Like you, you turn 60, all the guys think they're dying next week. So I better take my pension. I better take my social security. Well, it's not just about you. It's about your spouse. And chances are in a male female couple, the female's younger, the female's gonna live longer. Uh, you've got to think through when you look at these numbers, it's not just, okay, 78 for him and 82 for her or whatever the, right. the numbers are. It's how long might somebody be widowed and make those decisions on how that widow or widower uh, might be living in their income in retirement. And here's a, here's a funky one too, especially if there's two of you, right? If, uh, if you each have your own longevities, chances are one of you and the couple will be around longer. 
right? If, if one of you averages 85 and the other one averages 88, chances are one of you will be around three or four years longer than that. And just think of what we said earlier. The average means somebody is before and somebody's after. So chances are one of you will be before and one of you will be after, which means two things. Uh, one is you've got to definitely plan on that extended widowhood, whatever that amount might be. And you can you can look at that and figure that out with longevityillustrator.org. And whatever whoever's got the higher longevity, right? One of you is going to live 22 years on average. The other one's going to live 18 years on average. You can add three or four years to that one person and say, well, just because her longevity is 22 years, we got to plan on 25, 26, because on average, one of us is going to live longer. So you've got to plan that out. And so many people do plan it out. They're just missing the data that's out there that shows what their, their true life expectancy really is. And they're missing the probabilities that chances are one of you will live longer than average. And they're also a bit missing the, the consequence. Okay, our decisions today as 62-year-olds are going to be lived on by the 92-year-old widow, you know, 30 years from now. So these decisions today, uh, let's look at the consequences for that down the road. So that's number four. How long am I going to live? Can that's I also the, interject something here too? And you're you're getting there, but quality of life. You may live that long, but you've got to plan for a quality of life you want too. That's exactly it. Uh, and there's two things that happen. Uh, or maybe there's two things people are afraid of when it comes to longevity. One is, what if I didn't enjoy myself when I'm younger? And I think that's what your money is for, right? Spend your money that you saved when you're younger on the things that you want to enjoy and you know you can do it, right? You're 65 and you have the capability to go cruise around the world, go ahead and do it, right? If you can afford it, go ahead and do it. But then what if you live a long life and there's only one thing financial instrument that will last with you as long as you can and will also grow with inflation. And that's Social Security. So kind of use what you have at your disposal for its proper place. And Social Security is there. Your pensions are there to help you. What if you live a long time? Your money is saved up to make up the difference. And you're, you might not be around a long time. So go ahead and use your money sooner mm -hmm. on the things you can enjoy right? That's the, that's the way I like to approach it. Now, question number five is how do I lower my taxes in retirement? A lot of people are worried about taxes in retirement. Uh, it's a new thing for them. And I want to give you some good, uh, good news. It's really the most control over your taxes you've ever had. You go to work, you get a W-2, you put on your tax return. You don't get much choice. You don't get much changes around with that. You hit retirement. Well, you can choose when to take your pension. You can choose when to take your social security. You can choose which account to take it from, right? Your Roth account, IRA account, brokerage account, savings account, four different accounts, four different tax situations. You can even choose when do you take your money out, right? You can take your out money in December and spend it in January. That's two different tax years, right? You have so much more control over your retirement taxes. And I want to encourage you to take that control, right? avoid the conventional wisdom. We uh, have mentioned a study before called, a, it's TIAA Craft did a study. They've got millions of people in their database because they have millions of investors and just over half of retirees, people retired with accounts there, 
they did not take out any money until they are forced to with the required minimum distributions. So people were retiring and maybe they had some money saved up in the bank or they're just living on pensions and social security, but they're just waiting on their traditional accounts until they are forced to take the money out. And studies show time and again, that doing that does not save you taxes. It hurts you on taxes. If you're waiting to take your traditional IRA money out until you're 73, when you're forced to do it, all you're doing is hoping that your account balance grows so you have a higher percentage you're forced to take out. And down the road right now, the taxes are expected to grow, right? You're just oh. kind of waiting until you have more taxes to pay. Uh, it doesn't feel like that because yes, you are paying a lower tax rate today, but over your lifetime, and that's my goal is to help you lower your lifetime tax bill by 10%, 20%, whatever number you can find to lower your lifetime tax bill and retirement. The best way to do that is to plan it out. And when you plan it out, you're looking for the opportunity to pay taxes at a lower rate so that you're avoiding the taxes at a higher rate. And right now, before 2026, mm -hmm. taxes are at a lower rate. You might be married right now. Married filing joints is a better tax situation than down the road. And if there's two of you, at one point, there'll be one of you. Uh, and when there's two of you, that married filing joint is a better tax situation than the single taxpayer. So plan it out, find the times and the places where your taxes are lower and very likely your taxes are lower today. And so go ahead and, and plan it out and find the right time to pay your taxes, usually with something called a Roth conversion. Last number five, it's how do I lower my taxes in retirement? And how can people reach you if they want to talk about that, Jeremy? Yeah, best place to go is uh, our podcast website is retirement Revealed. Dot com. We'll have our, all our show notes there. We'll have this all written up in a blog. So it's uh, if you're kind of more of a uh, uh, reading type person or you want to forward it on to someone, here's the five questions. You know, you want to send it to your spouse. Hey, honey, we got a plan for retirement. Let's answer these five questions so we're all ready. It'll all be right there, retirement-revealed.com. That's well, awesome. Thanks, uh, Patrice, for coming on, helping us talk through some of these things. It's always more fun to, to talk it through. Well, my and pleasure because it gives me ideas too. That's what we're here for. That's great to hear. And I want to thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning.